僕の考えだとすごくいいと思いますもともとラーメンってそもそもですけど中国から来てるものですし、はい、それを、ね、日本化したものがラーメンですし、はい、でそこでまた、ね、アメリカとかでも新しい文化が生まれるとすごくいいと思いますけどね、はい、僕は。So I think it's a great idea because originally Ramen's from China that went to Japan and got Japanese eyes. So, having it go to like America to have their own mix is just another form of China coming to Japan and having it its own culture.、Uh-huh. So, just creating a new culture is not a bad idea. Everybody, welcome back to the Way Around It podcast. And oh boy, do we have a great show for you guys today. On the podcast is Motoki Matsunaga, who runs the Menroku Ramen Group in Japan. That's right, this is the first for the Way Around It podcast. We have a true to life ramen chef from Japan on the show. Motoki operates five ramen shops, mostly in the Kansai region of Japan. And in addition to that, he also has an amazing YouTube channel called Motoki Ramen Academy, where he's been pumping out tons of ramen recipe videos, all in English. This episode is a little different than others we've done because the interview was done completely in Japanese. Luckily, our friend Backyard Ramen came on the show to help me out with some interpretation, and she did a phenomenal job. You know, Motoki was dropping just like knowledge bombs left and right with every single answer, and Backyard Ramen did a great job translating it true to his words. So you're actually hearing a very, very accurate translation of what he's actually saying. All right, that's enough of me talking. This is a great episode for you guys if you're trying to learn how to make ramen at home. Get a notepad out, take some notes, and let's get right into it. Here is Motoki Matsunaga of the Menroku Ramen Group in Japan. Yeah, so thanks very much、uh, for coming on again. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Okay, so first of all, could you introduce yourself to everybody who's listening? So, hi, my name is Motogi.、Um, I am mainly operating in Osaka, Kyoto, and recently Hyogo.、Um, we're currently I have five shops that I'm working on. So, I do a variety of ramen. Mainly in Kyoto and Osaka, it's duck ramen. And then in Hyogo,、um, we serve tonkotsu ramen. Great, great. Five shops. Yeah, I heard that. that was, that's pretty cool. Did you have a shop overseas? This is like a question off the script, Madoka, but do you have a shop overseas? Because one of the questions that came in from the audience was about a shop in, where was it?、Uh, Indonesia. So, did you have, do you have shops in Indonesia as well? Yeah, uh, yeah, 
今はもうすでに売ってます。そうなんですよ。So, a long time ago, I had a shop in Indonesia, but I sold that shop, so. Wow, that's incredible. Could you tell us a little bit about how you went about getting into ramen and then opening your first ramen store,、uh, ramen shop, and then, you know, continuing on to now five shops? Eto, ramen hajimeta kikake to, sereni tuzikete, eto, do ste, ma misega hiraite, do yate hiraita no kanati to koro no shitsmon des. フレンチのお店、フレンチ料理のお店で働いてて、まあ、フランス料理の勉強をしてたんですけど、もともとは、えー、私のおじが、えー、30店舗ぐらい、えー、ラーメン屋さんを経営しててで、小さな時からラーメン作るのを手伝ったりしてました。はいえー、すごいですね。おじいって、おじいさんのおじいが会社でお,おじいですね。Uncle. Ah. So、uh, originally I worked in a French restaurant to learn how to do French cooking, but also I had an uncle who operated 30 restaurants. So when I was、uh, ramen restaurants, and when I was small,、um, I used to help him out. 30 restaurants. Could you share the name of the, some of the restaurants that your uncle owned? Any, anything in particular? えっと、おじいさんが経営してたあの30店舗はいろいろあるんですけど、その中の名前とか教えられますかはい、えー、っと、希望券。希望券っていうラーメン屋さんです。それは大阪の方なんですかそうですね、関西中心です。うんうんうんはい、じゃあ、おじさんも関西中心っていう形ですかそうですね、はい。はい。So, One of the shops is called Kiboken.、Um, it's in Osaka, Kansai area. So his uncle mainly operated in the Kansai area. I see, I see. Okay. So you said that the restaurants that you're doing in Kyoto and Osaka are mostly duck ramen.、Um, could you tell us why you chose to focus on making ramen from duck? <laughs> ちょっと前にその大阪、京都中心のお店があの鴨中心で作ってラーメンを作っているとおっしゃってたと思いますが、それ何かの理由とかありますかそうですね、フレンチの経験が大きいです。フレンチでもあの鴨をよく使ってたりとか、鴨からスープを作っていたので、まあ、そこからヒントを得ました。So, since I was working... In a French restaurant, and my experience is French based, there w a s a lot of、um, situations where I was dealing with duck. So that kind of helped me influence and get into making duck ramen. I see. Naruhodo. What are some of the differences between、um, and challenges making duck ramen compared to ramen from maybe Torigara? カモラーメンと鶏ガラあるんですけど、そのカモと鶏ガラの違いと、そのカモスープの作りの難しさとかありますかカモはもうすべてあの養鶏場農場からもう直送してもらって、すべて自分でこう包丁でさばいてるんですよ。丸ホールの状態で届くので。
So for in the case for duck, we actually get it from the supplier. So we get the whole duck and the difficulty and the hassle is that we have to cut down the cut uh the duck from to get the bones and the meat. So duck, actually, its blood is very potent and when making soup. So a lot of times when you don't do it correctly, um, it could be kind of strong as a flavor. I see, I see. How do you go about developing some of the recipes for ramen in your shops? You're specifically asking for the... Just the ramen? process, the, the process of making new ramen recipes. えっと、店であの、新しいラーメンを作るとき、ま、開発するとき、どういうプロセスを考えて作っているか、なんかありますか? そうですね。まあ、他なんかそのお店を出して、で、まあ出すまでにレシピを完成するんですけど、まあそこで完成ではなくてお客さんあの反応を見ながらもう本当に1日単位でレシピを変えたりしてますね。ああ。1日前と今
。ですので、えーもうお金の借り入れとかも少ないので原価をかけたりとかあと広告宣伝費を使わないとか、うん、もうその美味しいラーメン自体が広告になるのでそういうことでコストを抑えてやってますそれで1000円ぐらいで提供できるもんなんですか鴨ラーメンそうですね今はなんとか頑張ってますけど、はい<笑><笑> So,、um, the question I asked was with better ingredients, usually it costs more to make a ramen, but as a business, you actually really need to think about costs when serving something really, really good. So, my question was like how he deals with that. So, he went around it by actually finding a renting out, or I'm not sure, probably finding a location where the restaurant actually. Um, went bankrupt. So he just took over that spot and then got a lot of used equipment. Therefore, he lowered the overhead cost of opening a shop. And secondly, he doesn't use any type of marketing. So therefore, he can lower the cost of operating costs and therefore provide better his、um, duck ramen at a reasonable price. Wow. That's a great question, too. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. <laughs> の農場から直接食材を仕入れることですね。あの間の業者が入るとやっぱそこで高くなるので、もう農場から直送してもらうことでまだ安く抑えれています。So、um, there's also one more major point、um, is to actually get it from the source.、Um, obviously, since there's no middleman, so they won't take an extra margin. So from getting from the source, you can lower the cost.、Oh, I see, I see. Okay.、Um, what are some of the, you kind of asked this question already, but what are some of the challenges about running a ramen shop in Japan? そうですね、毎月のようにもすごいラーメン新しいラーメン屋さんができては潰れているのですごい厳しい業界ではありますね。ですので10年で、えー、9割が潰れると言われています、日本のラーメンは。So, in, especially in Hyoko,、um, a lot of, there's a lot of ramen shops that open up a lot, so there's a lot of competition. And they even say that within 10 years, 90% of these shops usually close. So it's, that's very hard to operate. Wow. And another thing is, Japan's ramen was a very difficult time to make, so it's not very high. It's a very difficult time to make. 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 この辺東京だと大最近、東京はようやく超、はい、超えてきましたね。<笑>大阪、関西はまだ難しいですね。それは大阪のキャッチの精神が入ってるんですね。<笑>おっしゃるとおりです。わかりました。Uh, so, another hard thing about、um, having a ramen shop in Japan, especially in like the Kansai Hyogo area, is that ramen was originally、uh, created. After the war, where everything was very cheap and everyone didn't have any good food, so the prices were relatively low. So, especially in Hyogo, it's hard to have ramen that is 
charge or that in which you would charge a customer more than a thousand yen. So it's hard to even do that. Whereas in Kyoto,、uh, Tokyo, it's a little bit more accepted, and you do see ramen that's over a thousand yen. A thousand yen is kind of like ten bucks for a general, you know. Well, is it still ten bucks? Is like nine bucks now, right? It's close. It's right now the conversion is one dollar to a hundred and twelve yen. Okay. So it's like eight. Really? Eight wow. Or eight ninety? It's close to nine bucks, but. Can, this is not on the question list, Madoka. But can you ask them like how? Like I don't know how you would say this. How often do you, or how how long does it take for a customer to eat a bowl of ramen and then leave in a Japanese shop? Eto, mise de kakusan ga hairu ndesu kedo, sono heiki no kaiten ni tsute don daitai nanpun gurai nansu ka. So, yes, right. And how does that compare to? Oh, sorry, you can translate first. I... Okay. So,、um, for lunch, on average, a lot of the businessmen they take about 10 minutes、um, to finish eating, come in and finish eating. But at night,、um, you have a bit more family-oriented people coming in, so、um, they might end up being there for thirty minutes, but still relatively short.、Mm-hmm. And how do, how does that compare to like the overseas shops in Indonesia or other areas? So, eto, sono Nihon ni hikaku shite Indonesia mise ga atta ndesu kedo, Indonesia to wa sono nanpun kan gurai kakaru ndesu ka, sono minna kyakusan to ka taben no. そうですね、やっぱりまとめられてるのが全く違うので、まあ、アメリカでも多分そうだと思うんですけどやっぱりまず食べるのがすごいゆっくりであったりとか<笑><笑>とに日本のラーメンファーストフードみたいな感じですけど海外の店はちょっとレストランみたいな感じで、まあ、ドリンク飲みながら家族でお話ししながら、うん、食べるっていう感じですかね。うんはいはい So, in, it's quite similar to America, where、um, ramen is kind of like a restaurant and not a fast food.、Um, so, people actually spend their time enjoying the food, talking, drinking, eating. Menu no shiroi mo kaigai no hoga oi to mo imas. ラーメンとライスボールとかそれぐらいしかないんですけど海外だとアルコールの種類も多いですし、うん、あとサイドメニューがすごい豊富だと思います、うんうん、So another big difference is the menu itself、um, in Japan is quite limited where you just have maybe a bowl of rice or a couple of bowls of rice and a couple of ramen whereas abroad There are more selections on the menu. There are more side menus as well as varieties of alcohol being served. I see, I see. 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 I
海外の人すれないの日本人以外はす<笑>れないので<笑>め短い麺にしてたりとか、はい、あとインドネシアの人は油が嫌いだったのですごい油をちょっと取り除いたりとかはしてましたうんインドネシアムズラム系は結構多くないですかあでも中華系がかなり多い人口の1割が中華系で豚がすごい好きなのでうん、なるほど。豚、はい、の店と鳥の店とやってました。うん。そうそう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。The shops abroad, they prefer a little bit more lukewarm because they can't eat hot soup.、Um, another thing was the slurping, where you know, Japanese people they know how to slurp their food. There aren't that many people that actually do slurp their food abroad unless they're Japanese. So, one of the things that was implemented was to create shorter noodles so they can eat. And that's pretty genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can keep going, and, Monica. And so,、um, one thing that was noticed in Indonesia was that they didn't really like a lot of fat. So, one of the things that was done was to reduce the amount of fat used.、Um, and so, he had shops that both served chicken and pork. I see, I see. In Indonesia, this is off the question list, Monica, but in, in Indonesia, I heard that there was maybe a large Muslim pop,、uh, population. Oh, yeah. So, did he have like a halal menu and things like that? How do you do halal ramen? Or was he doing a halal ramen? So, Indonesia, there are a lot of Muslim people who are in the world. So, halal ramen is a lot of people who are in the world. So, I think it's a lot でイスラム系の人のターゲットの店はもうあの完全にハラルでやってました。鶏使って、えー、アルコールは一切使わないラーメンを作ってました。で、そのハラルラーメンの作り方とかこだわりはあるんですかそうですね。でも基本的な日本の技術、ラーメンのテクニックで。応用で作れるのでそこまで難しくなかったです。鶏パイタンとか鶏醤油とかそういったものでハラルの醤油も向こう売ってるのでそこまで難しくはなかったです。Okay. So、um, in Indonesia there was two types of shops where he served、um, chicken and I don't know. He, one shop was catered more to Chinese people, another shop was catered to more Muslim people. So, in the Chinese shop, he served more pork ramen, pork based ramen, and for shops that are relatively for Muslim people, were, where he served halal food. And in that ramen,、um, it was, there was a consideration into not putting any type of alcohol or pork in it. So, in terms of making halal, Ramen in Indonesia, it's not too hard because a lot of the ingredients are already halal. And so, one of the or a couple of ramens that was created for that type of clientele was or were Tori Python or tor, Tori Shio ramen. Ah,、oh, I see, I see. Okay, so, so many of the people that listen to this show are very interested in making ramen at home. 
could we um uh could we talk about so each of the components one at a time and could you share some advice for each component for example the tare the komiabura soupu you know noodles toppings we can start off with the tare because the tare seems to be you know the hardest part about making ramen um what are some tips you can give to someone who is trying to make tare at home えっと、このポッドキャストで結構あの家で自作ラーメンっていう文化もやあの配信してるんですけど、このラーメン作るためには5つのなんか要素がよくあるって言われていて、でその要素を作るためのなんかチップとかあのあれば教えてほしいなっ
does he have like a ratio for tare to soup with the five percent embun tare? えっと、そのタレとスープがまあちょっとラーメンによって変わるんですけど、250cc から300ccで、タレ塩大体50cc から55ccぐらいですね。なるほど。So、え、タレは50から55ですか。はい。55ccで。So for the soup, I generally put 250 to 300ccs. So about milliliters um for tare it's on average between 50 to, or 50 to 55 cc so about milliliters as well Let's see i see okay that's some pretty good tips um what about the soup making process like as far as the best way to extract flavor from bones or things like that えっと、さっきのチップすごく非常に参考になりました。ありがとうございます。えっと、次はスープの話なんですけど、その骨から旨く味をまあ旨味を抽出するコツとかあるんですか。そうですね。骨の種類にもよってだいぶ変わったコツと鳥でも全然違うんですけど。そうですね。日本
質問なんですけど、えっと、was it general tips, right? Yeah, yeah, general tips first. Yeah. えっと、その、まあ、コミ油作るときのチップとかありますか<笑>そう。ゴミ油、そうですね。その麺,麺をこう持ち上げたときに、えーこうあ、油の膜があって、麺を上げると、その油が麺にこうくっついていくので、やっぱり麺を食べたときとかでも、すごい香りとか、えーテクスチャーとかが全然変わってくるのですごい重要なポイントですね、コーミアブラも。で、はい、あ、一度お願いします。あ、すみません。<笑>えっと、one of the major things about コーミアブラ is, or yeah,、uh, aroma oil is when you make it, it's important for the oil to stick to your noodles as you lift it, because that's where you get the fragrance and the flavors of the oil to match with the noodles in soup. で、えー、コミ油のポイントは、まあ、僕の場合だと食材に合わせて、えー、コミ油を変えたりしてます。そのまあ、鶏,が鶏のラーメンだと、えーまあ、ネギのコミ油を使ったりとか、まあ、鴨だと、えー、オレンジのコミ油を使ったりとか、その食材に合わせて合う食材でコミ油を使う。So... When making aroma oil,、um, I look into the, how to match the ingredients. So, in the case of chicken, we create an oil that has negi or green onions, or regular onions, or no, green onions. And then for duck,、um, maybe orange oil since it matches.、Mm-hmm. And then, so basically, it's really important to match the oil with the ingredient that's being used. Orange oil, as in like oranges? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. It- <laughs> like very French, very French inspired kind of oil. Wow. That's pretty cool.、Um, as far as matching the types of noodles to the soup, how do you, what's the best way to approach that? えっと、今度は麺の件なんですけど、そのスープと麺っていう相性があって、それはどう取り込めばいいか知りたいんですけど。ですね。まあ、ですね。いろいろ麺もすごい種類がたくさんあるんですけど、まあまず細さであったりと
ねを決めるときにはなんかあのなんだろう一般的なルールとかあるんですかその麺の種類に対してこういうスープがいいとか、はいはいまあ、昔からあるラーメン屋とかあのそのローカルラーメンとかだともうこういった麺っていうルールはあるんですけど最近のラーメンだとあまりそういったルールはないですけどそのすごい人の好みというか。でね、醤油ラーメンでも低加水の人もいれば高水の人もいます。自分がどういうラーメンを出したいかとどういう麺を合わせたいかに決めてます、ね、最近は。ああ、I see, I see.So, if it's old school ramen, there's a lot of like rules, but it's more like rules that was already set from the old fashioned way,、mm-hmm. where you have probably low or Low hydration with like tonkotsu ramen、mm-hmm. and stuff. But with current ramen shops, there are no rules. So you do see people who create maybe a low hydration for a shoyu ramen and vice versa. So it kind of depends on what type of bowl you're going at.、Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Oh, that's great stuff. Good to know that I don't need to stick to any rules for noodles. <laughs> So, many people,、um, uh, so a lot of the Japanese ingredients are pretty hard to get outside of Japan, such as niboshi or kombu or things like that. Is there anything that people outside of Japan could use to substitute for these kinds of ingredients? You are some shokuzai in taste. 結構日本で豊富なんですけど海外だとその海外の自作ラーメンのシェフたちが手に入れないことがあるんですね例えば昆布とか煮干し特に質とかその質があんまり良くないんですけどそれに対してなんかあの柵とかあるんですかそうですね一度自分の YouTube でも紹介したんですけど、まあ、例えば昆布の代わりは、えーまあ、昆布は、えー、何でしょうあブルタミン酸を多く含んでいるので、代わりにブルタミン酸を多く含んでいるドライトマトを使用したり、うんえー、あとは、えー、かつお節。かつお節はイノシン酸を多く含んでいるんですけど、えー、かつお節の代わりにビーフジャーキーを使ったり、<笑>とか、あとみりん、みりんの代わりに、えー、みりんはまあ甘さを引き出すために使ってるんですけどみりんの代わりは、えー、コーラを使ったりとか、えーはい、それでも、はい、美味しくラーメンは作れると思ってます、えーはいえっと、煮干しの場合どうなんですか煮干しもやはりあのイノシン酸なので、うんまあ、ビーフジャーキーでもいいですし何かその動物性の乾燥したものだと代用できると思います多分煮干しの風味ってなるとそれは難しいですね。そ<笑>れは難しいですね。そ、so, れ、so, so, uh, は難しいですね。そ、so, れは難しいですね。そ、so, 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 れは難しいですね。<laughs> Everybody knows what you're talking about when you say it.、Yeah. <laughs> so,、um, a suggestion would 
I was that was given was beef jerky. In terms of niboshi, it's similar. So you could use beef jerky or any type of dried animal to get that type of uh, umami acid out. In terms of trying to get the fragrance, that's a bit harder. But in if you just want the umami, you could just use like any type of meat jerky or meat products. And then in term, uh, for meeting, you can use uh, Coke because meeting is basically uh, to bring out the sweetness in the uh, tare. Yeah, I actually watched that video. I just wanted him to explain it on the show. YouTube video, I So let's talk about your YouTube channel. You have a great channel called Motoki Ramen Academy, where you're teaching people how to make ramen at home. What was your reason for starting the channel? で、で、海外の、まあ、海外の友人とかもいますけど、その画面情報は全くないって言ってるんで、すごいそういった需要もあるかなと思ったりとか、あとまあやっぱり海外では間違ってる情報が溢れてたりするので、まあ、日本人でしか
クリーミーさ、一風のクリーミーさを出すのがすごく難しくて、でまあ、牛の骨とか鶏とかミルクとか入れてみたけど、すべて違って、で、いろいろ試した結果、豆乳が入っていることが分かります、ね。一風のには。So,、um, tomorrow I'm actually going to release a video recipe for Ipudo. And Ipudo actually took quite a bit of time to figure out、um, to get that creaminess.、Um, we'll try different types of bones like pork, beef, chicken, but couldn't get close to it. Later on, found out that it actually uses soy milk to get that creaminess. Do you know what you put it? Don't look like you can't cut this. イプドですかはい。イプド、そうですね。でも、食べに行ったりとかをせても、まあ、でも1ヶ月ぐらいですかね。<笑>まあ、常に開発してるわけじゃないんですけど、まあ、1ヶ月前に食べに行ったりとか、うん、作ってみたけど、ちょっと失敗したりとか、はい。トータルで1ヶ月ぐらい。作るときは、何人分でいつも開発をなんか作ってるんですか大体二三人前ですね。なるほど。So for Ipudo, I asked how long it usually it took him for Ipudo to figure out the recipe. And so it took him about one month, but from going to the restaurant, eating a couple times to actually making the recipe. And I also asked、um, how many servings does it usually make when Trying to figure out a recipe, and in general, he makes about two or three servings. How did he find out the soy milk was an ingredient in the Ipudo ramen? Was it something that he asked, or he just could taste it? Was it through tasting? So, the Ipudo, the Tony, I did it to Kizita, the URL, Mashta, so the Doyate, Wakatanska. イップドのウェブサイト見てみたら、絹ごし豚骨って書いてたんですよ。絹ごしって豆腐にしか使わないじゃないですか、日本語で。絹ごし豚骨ってちょっと表現としておかしいなって思って、そこからもしかしたら豆乳かなって思って入れてみたら、はい、もう一位再現できました。あその豆乳は、まあ、ビデオで出ると思うけど、スープの方に入れてるんですかタレの方なんですかスープですね。スープか。はい。スープだと、高温度だったら固まらないんですか豆乳。あ、調整豆乳だと固まりにくいです。ああ、なるほど。なるほど。Okay. So for, I figured out soy milk by going to the website because I was kind of stuck. And then, so when I went to the website, they, the web, uh, Ipudo had a description where it said Kinu Bushi Tokots Ramen, and technically you wouldn't name a ramen with that term because it is something that's used to create tofu or、uh, um, was it? soy milk. So that's where I figured out that maybe they use soy milk and tried it out, and I got it. So the soy milk is put into the soup. Not in the tare, and the reason why it doesn't clump is because kinu bushi is one of those things that doesn't clump in hot water. Yeah, chose tonu, the ego de nantuka. Why do you say that in English? Chose tonu. <laughs> 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 
I tried to look that up too. There's there's no like good translation for that. Like, what's the equivalent of that in in America? You think? Uh, non-processed. I don't yeah. know. Okay, we'll try to figure it out. Uh, let's see. So, um, where was I? So many foreigner foreigners, people outside of Japan, seems to be only really familiar with tonkotsu ramen. As far as it, just in the states, in the United States mostly, and in Europe. Um, other styles of ramen, such as shoyu and shio, are not quite as popular yet. And as a ramen chef, what do you? Why do you think this this is the case? ハイバイだと結構豚骨ラーメンが人気があってみんながその豚骨ラーメンとか自作ラーメンとして作ってるんですけどえっと塩ラーメンとか醤油ラーメンそこまで人気が出てなくてなぜだと思いますか そう、日本も結構そのトレンドというのがあるんですけど、ラーメンでも。昔はトンコツがすごいブームだったりとか、鳥パイタンのブームがあったりとか、今は圧倒的に鳥の醤油ですね。鳥のチンタンが流行って
put the bones in water to get rid of the smell or blanch the bones first to get rid of that smell as well. So that's quite important. Yeah, yeah, it seems, yeah, that's <laughs> good stuff. So um, next question, Ryan Wants Ramen asks, um, what is your interpretation? And I think he means what is your opinion of westernized ramen out, outside of Japan and also ramen in Japan for tourists that is made for tourists? ラーメンあの、海外では提供してるんですけど、それのどう思っているか、あと日本でその海外向けでわざわざ調整してるラーメンっていうところの辺はどう思われてるか。僕の考えだとすごくいいと思います。元々ラーメンってそもそもですけど
So um, another way to make soup without the pressure work, uh, cooker is to boil it in low temperature to six to seven hours. But since um, it takes quite a much uh, time and effort, the video was created to create some ease. Therefore, the pressure cooker was being used for the video at the shop. Uh, they, there's no pressure cooker, but there are some shops in Japan where the owner does use a huge industrial pressure cooker for the ramen soup. Is there any differences in flavor using a pressure cooker versus not using a pressure cooker? So for tonkotsu and python, it's uh, so pressure cookers are generally used for tonkotsu and python soup, and they say there is a difference, but who knows? <laughs> Let's see. Next question is from Skulchin. I'm going to skip his first question, by the way, because we kind of answered it earlier. And, okay. um, but what is the name? What, what is, <laughs> what is the name of your cat and how old is he? She slash she. えっと、次の質問猫のことなんですけど、後ろでうろちょろしてる猫の名前と、少しブルーノ、ブルーノっていう名前。ブルーノマウスのブルーノ。Speaking of the cats. So the bigger cat is named Bruno, and he's about one and a half years old. So he has two? I think he has two. So the other cat's name is Wabinosuke. So he's three months old. I see, I see. Okay, next question. Um, this question is from Nama Japan TV, another YouTuber in Japan. What do you think about making ramen soup with minced meat? そのラーメンスープを作るときにひき肉使うことはどう思われていますかああ、どういったことで作っ、使ってるんですかね。え、ちょっとわかんないんですけど。まあ、それもいいと思いますけど、ちょっと手、豚とはまた、豚の骨とかとは違いますね。ただ、スープをもう少し透き通らせるために、あの、ミンチ入れる人もいますね。ミンチ入れるとあの、スープが透き通るので。
but it is possible to do that. Um, it helps create a clear broth if you were to use it. Mm -hmm. So there are some shops that do do that type of method. I see, I see. Okay, um, I'm gonna change this question a little bit. It's from IRDVL. I don't know if there's a way to read that. Erdov I'm not even gonna try. IRDVL. Does Osaka, and let's just change it to Hyogo, you know, does have its own style of ramen? Okay. Um, do you want to cover both or just one? Just Osaka. ask the, no, just, I think Hyogo just in general, or I mean, you mean Osaka or Kyoto or anything in, is there specific styles of ramen in that area? That's kind of like the known for, you know, like how, you know, like Hakata is known for tonkotsu and miso ramen in Hokkaido. Is there like a specific style of ramen in this area? そう、次はそのスタイルの話なんですけど、大阪とか兵庫とか、まあ、そのいろいろな場所、地域によってそのスタイルが違いスタイルがありますか？ラーメンの特徴、はい、そうですね。まあやっぱりあの、ご当地
元の位置に戻しただけでも水っぽくなっちゃうんですよ。ですんで、もう仕上げる20分前とかに水を入れ、ちょっと多めに入れるんですよ。で、多めに入れて、で、煮詰めて、元の位置に戻して完成させるんですよ。だから。So, one of the things is to add water into the soup. Um, but when you add water, you kind of change the concentration of the soup. And the, so it's important to use the refractometer, the little thing that、mm -hmm. everyone's talking about, to measure the soup.、Um, the other one is to actually look at the measurement of where the soup was and add the soup and boil it. Like, was it? Ichijikan mai desu ka? So it's to boil the soup where you add water and then you look at where it evaporates of where before you added the water to make sure that you get the same、um, concentration. I see, I see. I'm not sure if that answers the question though. <laughs> I think it does. It does? Okay. Yeah.、Um... Okay, let's go down. Let's kind of skip towards the end here.、Um, so, Bali, Bali Rati Body Shop asks Is there any chance of reopening Ramenya in Sur Surabaya, Indonesia? Hontoni Tabetai, he says. Bali, you do, Hito, to Omoyosga, Indonesia, no Mise, or Mada Moikai Saikai, Surukoto, Arimaska. この質問はうちの元スタッフかもしれないです<笑><笑><笑>今のところはあまり考えてないですあの。海外に出さないですかとか言われますけど、海外に直接自分が出すよりは、YouTube で発信した方が、なんか多くの人にラーメン食べてもらえると思うので、英語で発信することで、今はそっちに力を入れてます。<笑> So,、um, I'm not really looking into opening shops abroad too much.、Um, instead of opening shops to reach customers, I figured using YouTube is a better tool to get people to enjoy better ramen. Yeah, see. In English, that's in important. English. Yeah, in English. Yeah. So, this,、um, let's do the last question at the bottom. I highlighted it because I think it's a really interesting question. So, Ramen Craft asks, What is your take on using MSG and how do ramen chefs in Japan view MSG? Is this the last question then? Yeah, we're going to do the last question for this. I'm going to kind of finish up after this.、Yeah. Okay. So, listener が最後の質問なんですけど Ramen Craft から味の素 MSG に対しての質問ですがどう思われますかあと他のラーメンの天使とかどうその味の素どう思われているんですか結構人によって考えは違いますね。有名で行列できてる店でも意外と MSG 使ってたりしますし、僕の店では一切使わないようにはしてるんですけど、うんまあ、その方がやっぱり安心して食べれる人も多いかなと思ってるんで。So, I think it's a good thing. 
母の工房だっけあ工房、はい、工房を使ったんですけど、超美味しかったです。ああ、はいはい。ああ、いいですね、工房。<笑>高いけど。そ<笑>う<笑>、so, um, MSG is kind of, it kind of depends on the ramen chef. So you do see a lot of ramen restaurants that are really popular who do use ramen chefs. You have other people who don't、um, at like Gion Duck Ramen or other shops that are being operated by Motoki.、Um, MSG isn't used because personally he thinks that the ramen tastes better from getting it from kombu naturally. Instead of using MSG. Is it strictly like a flavor? Like he thinks it tastes better, or it's not really like he thinks it's dangerous or anything? Like in America, a lot of people think it's dangerous,、mm-hmm. but it's not that. Is it that? It's not because of that. Is it? Or you can ask him, I guess. Um, so. その味のものとって単純に美味しいからその普通に取った方が美味しいから使わないかそのよくアメリカとか海外だと体に悪いっていう印象があるのでそういうところもあるんですか、はい、そうですねやっぱり日本でも少なからずそういう人はいますし、はい、僕はどっちかというと美味しいから美味しいものを追求したらやっぱりノー MSG が正解だと思っているので、はい、So yeah、um... Even in Japan, there are some people who think MSG is really bad for you. So there, are, there is that type of issue, but personally, it just tastes better without MSG for him. Let's see. Not a whole lot. All right. Last few questions. So,、mm, it's just a fun one. What is your favorite food besides ramen? Ramen is a good thing. Ramen is a good thing. Ramen is a good thing. So, Sushi and drinking wine, so obviously foods that met, match wine, like French food. What is, what is the best wine for eating ramen to eat with ramen? Ramen to eat ramen. Wine to eat ramen. Wine to eat ramen. Wine to eat ramen. Wine to <laughs> Maybe、um, red wine would work with tonkotsu, but、mm. I really tried it. <laughs>、oh, I see, see. Okay, I think that's pretty much all the questions we have. We went kind of long. I just want to say thank you so much. It was very fun. Um, could you please tell everybody where they can find you online and also your shops that they can go visit you when they go to Japan? Yon Duck Noodles 
ていう店。えっと、僕の YouTube の概要欄にも貼ってますんで、ぜひ来てください。<笑> so,、um, for foreigners who are visiting Japan, possibly go to the Kyoto, a restaurant.、Um, if you... It's called Gion Duck Noodle. So if you look into the YouTube channel or the videos in the YouTube channel,、um, Motoki's Ramen Academy, I, the link is, link is on the description. So click there. All right. Well, everybody, check them out. Thank you again so much. And I think that's pretty much it for today. That's all we have. Thank you so much again to Motoki for coming on the show. This was a pretty incredible experience for me to talk to, you know, like a real ramen chef from Japan. Please give him a follow on Instagram. His username is at motoki underscore ramen. Tell him that you listen to the show. Tell him that you love what he said. And also, please subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's great. Motoki Ramen Academy. You can just search on YouTube and you'll be able to find it. He does all of his videos in English, so you'll be able to understand even if you don't speak Japanese. He's really doing a great job. If you're going to Japan, why don't you go and stop by one of his ramen shops in the Kansai area? The one that he recommends people go to is called Gion Duck Noodles in the Gion district of Kyoto. And if you go there, you might be able to meet him in person and watch him make your ramen for you. Thank you also so much to Backyard Ramen for coming on the show and doing just a phenomenal job interpreting. I had originally intended on kind of just struggling through this interview with my terrible Japanese, but she came on and really saved the day and created an environment for Motoki where he could speak freely and comfortably and not have to worry about dumbing down his answers at all. So please give her a follow as well on Instagram. It's at Backyard Ramen. And thank her for doing this interview. You know, we want her to come back on and help us with future Japanese ramen chefs as well. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Way of Ramen. Let me know what you guys think about this show and just what you want to see on the podcast in general. If you guys want to hear a specific person on the show, feel free to hit me up there as well.、Um, you can also watch my progress as I learn how to make ramen. I'm not an expert or anything, I'm still learning a lot. Just had a big failure today. But my YouTube channel is The Way of Ramen. If you just search on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. And that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>